This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good time of the day. Good evening and good night. Yep. Yeah. I am a, I'm well, it's very cold here today. Really? Very cold. It's like in the well, at least right now it's twenty nine, which is cold for these parts. Um, so, and then my girls, you know, have no idea about temperature. They just don't. So it's like, this is a sweatshirt day. Actually, it's a coat day, but yeah, at least wear a sweatshirt and put a hood on. It's like, I don't, I don't understand. When did your kids start to self-regulate where they would go outside and go, oh, I need a coat. Oh, I need gloves. Oh, I should put a hat on. They don't. They still don't? Well, Not really? Oh, my God. No, I mean. I don't get it. I don't understand um, that concept. I think high school. Okay. I think high school. And even then, when they would walk to the bus stop, like freshman, sophomore year, they weren't like they didn't have proper gloves or on purpose, I think. And I mean, it's because he didn't find them to be fashionable. All right. Oh, sorry. Um, At least it's know, a nice ring. Yeah. I mean, I think now he probably would. But no, I mean, no, they don't. They just don't. Yeah. I just don't. don't know. Yeah, they're I, not I, gonna. You're their mother. You have to always. I just don't get it. You know, it's to me. I'm like, I can't go out. I don't have a sweatshirt. I don't have like five layers of clothes on. <laughs> yeah, I they're can't, never you know. gonna. Oh my god, they're never gonna do it. You kind of always have to tell them coat, hat, gloves, or you can't leave the house. Yeah, at least I did. And Emily yeah. would still try and play in the snow. She would go out there, take her gloves off. Well, maybe and Hunter, I could understand that. Like, I, I actually logically understand that. Meaning, if you want to play, sometimes it's hard to grab the snow. Meaning, to to make things or grab the snow and make shapes and make the snow do what you want it to do. It's hard to do that with big thick gloves, but it's not True. so hard if you, if you know, if you have your hands. And obviously, you get super cold. I get that. I just don't understand. It's just irksome sometimes. Yes. Poor, poor little things, especially it's with annoying. May May with like skinny little legs no fat on her body and she's just like pulling these skinny little tight pants on like leggings you know and i'm like no don't it's 29 degrees outside no you need like four of those yeah Yeah. socks on yeah it's more i don't know we used to do leggings under jeans and then bibs on top what's bibs oh the thing plastic pants oh okay yeah so anyway but i mean That was when it snowed on a consistent basis every winter. Like, it wasn't until I was an adult that we just didn't know what or when it was coming. So it's like, why buy bibs if you never know what's going to happen? Right. True. It's uh, an extra expense. So anyway, that's my thing for today. Are you inside of snow, Jess? Yes. I'm inside of snow. My parts of my driveway are still sheet of ice. The sidewalk has not been plowed. I mean, the main road is fine, but the rest of... What's going on out there is not cool. Everything's salted. All the trees are covered in icicles. 
And it's cold. It's cold in my office. It's cold in my heart. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's cold, just cold. In my heart. Speaking I'm of cold moody. in your I'm heart, a moody day. should mm-hmm. we um, just move into some news of some, okay. some news? You think so? Probably. Um, all right. So our news are um, being sponsored by Team Podcast. Yes. Yes. Team Podcast. Teampodcast.com. If you need any help in your podcast whatsoever, whether it's show notes, social media, posting, editing, scheduling, check out teampodcast.com. I like to say she will be your gal Friday. And yeah, thank you for sponsoring this section, Christy. Woohoo! For the informed podcaster, podcasting news. So we talked about Richard Simmons last episode and I kind of, you know, every episode, (laughs) actually, you know what? You're right. I think it's like the third. Yeah, this is the third episode in a row. I mean, who knew when I said it was going to be the weird, wild show of the week a little while ago that it would get so cray. Oh, yeah. As in cray. So, yeah, there's a backlash, like a serious backlash, it seems like against. Well, because there's two, two different camps. One camp is simply just popping into. Uh, listening to this podcast as they would pop into a random show that they have found on TV that is kind of kind of like I don't I don't, I, w- I wouldn't categorize it yeah just something like that and they're just sharing it because it's interesting not even because it's a podcast but just because they're like where really where is Richard Simmons and then the other end of the spectrum is about uh, the people who are having serious issues about you know leave the guy alone. Like what? What's up with this? Is this just about you, dude? Do you want to get some proposed publicity? You wanted to tell a story, but mm. you're telling a story about this guy who's like doesn't want to be dealt with right now. Right. News are saying he's okay. What gives you the right to like do this and go every? I mean, he's been interviewed in some pretty mainstream places. Kind of crazy. Like recently? Yeah. Like, yeah, talking about this, which is, a, what is it that I just... I, I oh, think talking I, about this. Yeah, talking about um, missing Richard Simmons. Yeah, he's, I think he was on, was it Nightline? It was something that was what? big time. Yeah, I, I think I posted it on the Libsyn page. So anyway, what are your thoughts about this now, Miss Jess? What do you think? Well, I know you, being the mass introvert that you are... Right. <laughs> you're going to cry that we should leave. I shouldn't say cry, like... Tantrum, like, but I mean, no, but as in like, cry, you're going to in, like, cry out in pain, cry out. yeah, cry out. That we as should in, leave like, Richard yeah. alone in all his right. introverted ways, yes. And I guess if he is saying he's fine, there's certainly not much more a person can do. I love that the New York Times is now calling it the morally suspect podcast. Wow, morally suspect. Well, see, this is what I'm saying. It's like that's a bold statement. That but... is a bold statement. I mean, it is incredible. I think that part of it is that. People are also shifting the angle a little bit. I don't know, man. But it was actually covered on Nightline, dude. I can also put a link in the comments for that. And it was an uh, actual interview with the guy, like as in like video interview. And he was talking about it. And I think that that's what it is. It just seems like he's getting so much coverage about this. And I'm not sure it's as altruistic as it it has been... um, purported to be yeah or that he says like i just decided i was already working on something like this with richard and then he disappeared and i just kind of went on with the project sort of 
which is a mix of wondering where he is and also educating people about who Richard Simmons is, right? Because he they do describe and, and yes. relate a lot of his unique qualities that make him uh, a very flamboyant and creative and just uh, unique just keeps coming up because it's like that's who he is, right? So he's interesting. I don't really know. I don't really know how I feel about it because – I could get why if I were Richard, it would seem like an invasion of privacy. However, I think also, I mean, the part that I don't get about Richard is how he couldn't expect people to speculate where the fuck he went. Right. And so to me, this is about psychology and logic. And and I often find that logic and psychology for me seem very obvious, but they don't for others. For example, there are people out there that I know just plain old don't understand human behavior. And so people are constantly surprising them. That does not happen with me. If you are in the public eye for 40 years and then out of nowhere, you close your gym, stop talking to your friends, don't talk to these people and that people like, yeah, of course people are going to wonder where the hell you've been. And like that does not surprise me. So this this whole podcast and the and the whole reason behind it, like whether it's exploitative or not, as far as the journalist and the rest of us are concerned, I sort of feel like who cares? What did you expect? You worked your little fanny off for forty years trying to tell people what a public figure you were, and then you just disappear out of nowhere. What did you expect? But then on the other hand. Like, fine. Okay, so you want to lead a private life now? That's fine. So what? No one's supposed to write – I mean, people write books about presidents and celebrities all the time without their permission. People used to do Michael Jackson TV specials without the family's permission, and they just, like, guesstimated what happened all the time. And you're like, yeah, it probably wasn't nice, and I'm sure he didn't like it, but he's a giant public figure. It's sort of like public knowledge, and everyone's right to tell it. In their own perspective if they want. So I feel bad for Richard Simmons if he does not welcome this kind of publicity and he's disappointed with Dan and he's sad that people are prying into his life and like thinking that he was held at gunpoint. Like it does seem ridiculous if none of it's true. However, I'm not as morally against it as i think everyone else is like especially this article the morally suspect like because he you know dan he says he's a friend he must have been a friend like you said they were working on a project he disappeared i mean this guy has the right to publish a project of any kind if he wants to why is this different than you know all the true crime podcasts that dive into oj simpson and jabani ramsey is it just different because they're dead the families aren't dead the the offspring isn't dead and yet still we're talking about it and talking about it and talking about it over and over and over and over and over again. So what? It's public knowledge. I don't know. I just feel like the story is interesting and his story is interesting. Like you said, like he is educating people on who he was. He kind of did disappear. Like, I don't know. A whole new generation can figure out who he is. And why is it that it's shot to number one before what all of a sudden, because he's fine, it's morally suspect. So what, if he wasn't fine, this guy would be a hero. He's still diving into the same story. So because of the outcome, he's a villain or a, or a hero. That just makes no sense to me. Either it's okay or it's not. And if Richard was like in some kind of danger, he'd be a hero. Like Serial. Didn't, didn't that guy get a retrial? Making of a murderer, that guy got a retrial? If he was yeah. guilty, if he was guilty, would they be villainesses? Well, he, they didn't figure that out. I mean, he got another trial because they felt that 
basically the system didn't work properly or as it should have worked. They right. never said he's not guilty or, or you know, so there was movement the, that went through that. What about the guy who, who accidentally muttered into the microphone, killed them all, of course. If he hadn't done that, it would have still just looked like prying into this guy's like, what is his name? Blake? Robert Blake? Do you oh, not yeah, have any yeah. idea what I'm That's talking right. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, that wasn't a podcast, but I mean, it was a whole documentary, like documenting his life and the trial and this or that. And the guy goes to the bathroom and completely unbeknownst to the documentarist, washing his hands, going, what did I do? I fucking killed them all. <laughs> he just did a confession by accident. But right. still, people were like prying and blah, 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 blah. It, it shouldn't matter if the guy's okay or not. It's still an interesting story. And isn't that our job as a podcaster is to tell an interesting story? I'm not sure why he has to be a villain just because Richard doesn't want this. He's, if he doesn't want the attention, he can go on doing what he's been doing, which is not answering the phone, not watching TV, not seeing his email. It doesn't have to affect him at all. You can be a recluse however you want. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, know, this I mean, article here says this speaks to both the possibilities and limits of the emerging prestige podcast form. Yeah, I and I think it, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think podcast. that part of it that's too is you know, after you framed it that way, that's I mean, it gave me pause, you know, because I was thinking of it more from that specific. Yeah, you're thinking of the introvert's perspective. Of course, you are. Well, no, not necessarily the introvert's perspective. I was thinking about it from our responsibility as a podcaster to go after this. In this way, like as a human being, I just don't feel that I would be comfortable enough telling a story like this. I wouldn't have framed the story this way. I wouldn't say missing Richard Simmons or like it, that no, implies that with he's all due missed. respect, mm-hmm. with all due respect, sweetheart, you're an artist, not a journalist. Right. It, but but, you, but what I'm saying is that where is that line, especially now? And I think that that's really interesting for us as podcasters, because we do there is a new genre and and, you know, everything that you talked about before, and you totally changed my mind about the way that I was thinking, is that, you know, this has happened before. There's like the biographies or like the, what are they called? The un... Untold stories, right? Not the, not, or yeah, VH1 untold behind stories. the scenes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Or like the people who do write the biographies, but they don't have, they don't consult the person. They just yes. release them. What are those called? There, there's yes, a name for that. how many Kennedy biographies were, were right. the Kennedys were consulted? And, you know, there's like the movie, like there was a new um, Britney Spears. I think it was a new Britney Spears made for TV movie, I think, uh, that came out. And like all of Britney's friends were like, this isn't right or something. I don't know what it was. I just saw an article Or Amy about Fisher, it. Joey, but if you go, you know, all three yeah. of those assholes are still alive. There was like four different ones. And they all were kind of totally different. They were about all it. terrible, yeah. including a Alyssa Milano. Right. No, you're right. <laughs> but, and listen, I, but I mean, it's interesting yeah. that you say I would never frame it that way because, of course, you wouldn't. You would frame it as a tribute to Richard yeah. and the mystery behind Something it like would that. be. Yeah. Well, right. But that's because you're an artist. Like, journalists are trained. Get the story. F everybody else. And so Missing Richard Simmons, I think, is a good title because it doesn't just mean he's missing. It also means I miss him. Exactly. Where did he go? Exactly. And I think that that's and I understand that that's a good title, but it is also I think and you know what? From the it's a brilliant title for for what it's gotten. I mean, in terms of launch, in terms of speculation, in terms of media coverage, in terms of so many different things. This has been a fabulous, um, fabulous for podcasting, fabulous for this person, for this guy. Um, If you, you know, subscribe to the has it. It's what can he get from it now? Well, he well, as in like get just nor 
I can't say that word. Nor- Notoriety? Yes. Y- yeah. Uh, that. And, <laughs> Wait, uh, say it again. Do it again. I can't. Nor- Try. I can't. Do- Notoriety? Nor- ah, I nor- love it. Notoriety. Notori- it's fine. Notoriety. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, um, <laughs> that was oh my so God. enjoyable. Thank you for that. So, that cheered um, me up. My... <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, and then maybe he'll do something else. Maybe he's got another project. Maybe he'll get another documentary. Maybe he'll, you know, that kind of stuff will happen. And and I think it's because the genre, the podcasting genre is so new. And again, it's so intimate. It's so like in your ears and you're having somebody tell you a story that it really takes it kind of beyond. And I think that what I found or what I've seen is that do people really like, let's say that um, the Amy Fisher stories that came out a while ago, you know, like on TV and stuff where you watch the made for TV movie. I remember that I watched those and I was intrigued and then I would watch news about it. And that is about where it ended for me. That was like an interesting story told three different ways or in three different movies or whatever. And I watched every single one of them. And it was intriguing again, but I dropped it. Whereas it seems like a lot of these podcasts, our podcast fans are very engaged. Like they want to know more. They're a lot more active. And like with the serial stuff, you know, remember when serial started, there was a podcast that made that was made for serial just to cover serial. Like there was another podcast just to cover serial stuff. There was the Reddit um, community that was huge who were still doing their own investigative stuff inside of there. Uh, So it just kind of like grew and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think that that's what's maybe happening um, with this as well. People are like a lot more engaged. In a way that they usually aren't for TV I mean, movies and films and books. And I don't mean to be, and I mean, it, it, it's certainly not as if Amy Fisher and Joy Buttafuoco wasn't interesting. But in comparison, you have a regular 17-year-old girl who's in love with some, you know, schnook from Long Island. And she shoots the wife in the head like there's a shocker. Whereas Richard Simmons... He's fascinating already without being missing. Here's a man who you're pretty sure is wearing lip gloss as he's, I mean, you've only ever seen him in a tiny, teeny, tiny bathing suit shorts and a tank top, a huge afro and like makeup. He's extremely effeminate, but he's not a woman. He doesn't purport to have any sexuality like you don't you know he's not in the tabloids for dating or not dating and yet like he's extremely like new yorky and kind of jewy like he's an interesting dude if he's on camera everything else fades away yeah there's no way to not yeah you can't avoid him you can't look away if richard simmons is anywhere in the vicinity of your eyeballs you're looking at him not even mentioning the fact that he's wearing neon clothing like besides what i just mentioned like everything he owns is like neon anyway so he makes and sparkly like you make it impossible he made it impossible to look away and he's adorable i mean in his younger days he was he was whatever this is he's gorgeous at it he's fantastic so it's like He's already more interesting than that story. He's already more interesting than the Black Dahlia. He's already more interesting than a lot of these true crime. Granted, this may not be a true crime, but he's already just him by himself. He's already more interesting than those things. So it's like anything about Richard Simmons is would probably shoot to the top because 
he's just an interesting dude and a lot of people don't know this backstory or even that he was missing because he's just one of those guys that you're just like oh yeah he did sweat into the oldies my mom used to watch that hmm. like you don't realize there's any kind of scandal it's kind of like peewee herman remember when peewee herman had his whole scandal at the movie theater i mean like if you did a podcast yeah. about that yeah, it would shoot that- to the top because peewee yeah, herman's fascinating be- yeah that's he's true. fascinating that's so it's right. like and who created that persona Right. Who wanted to be in the spotlight? Who wanted to be irresistible to the eyeball? He did. Right. So it's like, now what? So fine. Okay. You want to disappear now? Okay. But that doesn't mean you're not interesting. You're fascinating. And you always have been. It's just, I don't know. Just, I hate to use the words morally. They, they said morally suspect. Right. I don't know. Is it? He's interesting. And, and this guy's a journalist. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I mean, you've I convinced the, the me. Question, I, you've changed my mind a little bit. You've changed well, my mind. Well, I guess so. But is the question now, regardless of how interesting, if it is morally suspect, as a podcaster, are we not allowed to go after stories that we find interesting? What if I wanted to do a whole s- a podcast about Oprah? Would that make me morally suspect, even if it wasn't that she was about any scandal? Am I a stalker? I don't know. I just, I don't know. But I forget why I brought this up. I brought this up because you were saying like those things aren't as interesting. Why is this more interesting? I think it's the subject line. I think also Dan happened to pick a subject that was like irresistible. Right. Would Oprah be to the top? Probably. Would Denzel Washington? Mm, Maybe not as much. Brad Pitt? I mean, we've heard a lot about him over the years. Would a podcast soar? Mm, I feel like I know everything about Brad Pitt. So if you would, if you could surprise me about Brad Pitt, I would listen. Right. But the chances of that are low. So it's sort of like the subject line is what makes this not even the missing part, but just the subject makes this so fascinating. But so then your original question, like, what is our responsibility? Should we not do podcasts about people that are? I don't know. What's the what's the question about as far as moral? I mean, I'm glad I changed your mind about it, but I still would like to know, like, which part of the morality should we check going forward? Whether or not we're bothering the person. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> like, I just know, like, you know, is um, it depends on uh, if it's going to disrupt their life, disrupt their life. And also if there is, I think the other part of it is, is it going to in some way help society or bring uh, an aspect of information to the entire society? Because I could see about doing uh, an expose on something or someone that has been um, covert or corrupt or has been doing certain things that weren't they weren't supposed to be doing and possibly reporting on that as an opportunity to bring cast light to these wrongdoings. Uh, I would be cool doing something like that without going to them and saying like, I hope that this isn't going to disturb your life. Because they are doing something that is not in alignment, that is like totally corrupt, right? I could see that. But if somebody just disappeared and they kind of want to be left alone, like I, I don't, I guess that's probably what I would have done. I would have gone like, dude, do you, I mean, I'm going to be doing this thing. I, I hope it's okay. <laughs> that's what right, I would have done. but that's you. You're nice. Right. Journalists are also not nice. Right. <laughs> All right. I have another question, then we'll move on. Okay. At what level do you think of public eye? Is it okay for an expose? For example, we've already talked about 
Brad Pitt, Oprah, Richard Simmons, three relatively famous people. What if we did an expose on like the social media examiner and Michael Stelzner? Okay. Or what if we did an expose on like Daniel J. Lewis and we were like snooping around trying to find out like the name of his baby and like figure out like where he like, is it a disruption if we're speculating and talking about him? And I mean, it's annoying. Sure. But if other people find it fascinating, do we have a moral obligation not to do it? And then I also, before you answer, I want to remind you of that time that you and I, without our permission, had our brand. Remember when we had our brand picked apart by people who didn't ask us if they could oh, feature yeah. us? I didn't yeah, like yeah. that. That pissed me off to no end. Right. Yeah. But did it disrupt my life? I mean, that's a stretch. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It, it probably didn't. It was annoying because. But I didn't like it. Right. I think that there's an element of privacy. How much can we keep private? And what is our right for privacy? Trying to speculate or try to go deep into some of these people, it's like just because they are online doesn't mean that their whole world is up for grabs, which is what we were talking with Officer Byers. You know, essentially what he said was to put as much of your information that you want for people to have out there, out there so that they don't go snooping. So the more, mm-hmm. you know, mysterious you are, the more people will wonder. So if you could just say, you know, sp- put, you curate the story that people Google, that people find, that people look for, so that there, that there is less of that, so that the element of what you do want to keep private, you keep private, right? And I right. think that there's an, also an element of, you know, when you do Google search for somebody and nothing comes up, that's a little freaky. That, to me, is more scary then if you, you know, come up with so much information about somebody that's online, because then it just seems like they are on the up and up. But if you search for somebody and there's nothing, that's a little bit more sketchy. It's a little bit like, well, where are they? Are they part of our world? You know, are they trying to do something wrong? But what if they just want to be private? What if someone in our world, this has never happened, obviously, but what if one of the big entrepreneurs like Marie Forleo or... Evan Pagan or somebody got arrested for fraud. I would totally do a podcast on that whole scenario. True or not? As a journalist, yeah, as a journalist, just to kind of like go in there, that would be an intriguing expose. And I think that this is a whole new venue of being able to do something like that. The thing with those is that, um, you know, with the uh, missing Richard Simmons thing, from the get-go, I believe... I mean, I may be wrong, but I believe from the get-go, he had these six episodes. And I I don't exactly know the exact production of them, but they may already have during the lunch, launch, meaning like once he launched, have already been finished. So, you know, every week he, he lets one come out, but it's already been done. It's not like it's being built as it's like the way that we do our show. Right. Where right, it's like we, right. we don't really have like the rest of them. That's not the style of show we do. So if you're doing something like an expose in that respect, you would probably have to either have it be your full time job because your whole job would be digging up stuff every day mm-hmm. and, and having a show. Or you would then have to pre kind of put it out there and kind of deal with the news that are going to come out. Cause that's the other thing. It's like, you know, what if like something happens to Richard in the process right now? Like what if something, right. he gets sick what or he happen? has a heart attack or something like, like that? What? Well, what I'm saying is there is a finished product. He can't add that into it because it's six episodes. 
This is not an ongoing thing. So if, let's say, he makes, um, a th- he theorizes on a conclusion around mm-hmm. something, and that conclusion mm-hmm. is no longer true because it's proven false by an action that either Richard takes or something happens, then what do you do? Do you update it? You know? Right. So I'm not, I'm not sure how that would work because it seems like even for us, like right now, we're going to be uh, talking about a little bit about the infinite dial data that came out, right? So the infinite da- dial was, was it a week? Almost a week ago from when we are recording. So when you guys get to hear this, it's going to be a week and a half out. And as the week and a half went out, there's already been all of these people that have covered the infinite dial from a, from a bunch of different perspectives. And it's sort of like we're towards the end of the reporting. If we're, if we're reporting on stuff from our job, right, we could also create a podcast around the infinite dial data that True. dives deep into every single you know, slide. <laughs> Even though it's not our data. Even though it's not our data. And and right. create a podcast that is solely focused on diving deep into this. And then it's like a, I don't know, an, a six-episode arc, exactly. We'll dive into all these different aspects. We'll create it and everything and then publish it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm just, uh, it's a great conversation, though. I mean. Yes, it is. It's interesting. And I mean, I didn't want to like completely negate your point which is at what point do we have a responsibility mm-hmm. but i think that question is still out there it d- is really is the question really whether or not it's going to bother that person because as a journalist that can't be the question is it going to bother you right can't yeah. right so what is the question yeah i thought like that so now the end and <laughs> now so we watched The Infinite Dial, um, right, Jess? And we sort of like discussed it briefly inside of the She Podcast group. Yes, so what did you come out did. with from watching that whole thing? That it's not growing fast enough for my taste. Mm. <laughs> That's what I got from it. That I would like for it to grow much, much faster. And I'm getting impatient. So The Infinite Dial, I'm. you guys can – well, there's a link in the show notes and you guys can very – easily kind of check out everything about what that is, but it's usually put on by Edison Research and it is a survey that's been going on for the longest amount of time. I believe it was like 2006 or something like that where they started to um, kind of keep this um, this data. And it really focuses on digital media consumption. So it's not just podcasting stuff. They also cover online streaming radio. They cover apps like music listening apps. They also cover the way people are engaging with uh, social media and all of that kind of interesting thing. So, but you know, us being podcasters, we like to hear or see the stuff about uh, podcasting. So it's the longest running survey of digital media consumer behavior in America. They've started it in 1998 and it covers mobile internet podcasting, social media, smart speakers and more. I thought Yeah, I was off with the 2006. It's much much longer than that. Sorry guys. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Uh, well they don't they really only show us like from 2009 and above. Some slides are even Well, one of them right like here I see from 2000. I see one from 2000 right in my face right now, which is kind of interesting to see all of that. But anyway, go yeah. go go. Yeah, yeah. 81% of people now own a smartphone that doesn't surprise me. 
Um, only 60% of people 55 and over. That doesn't surprise me. Tablet ownership went from 51 to 53%. And I was like, yeah, because tablets are useless. Now we're learning. The tablets are useless because you can do everything on your phone. Okay. And like some of this stuff, like, okay, so it said, here's how many people have an internet connected television. Here's how many people have an on-demand video service like Netflix. Here's how many people have used this in the last week. Here's how many people have smart speakers, which is like Alexa. It's like nobody. It's like 5% of people. The online radio. I really wish they would be specific as to what this is. It says 61% of people have listened to online radio in the last month. What are you talking about? Are you talking about like 93.3 WMMR Philadelphia, but I'm listening online? Are you talking about Schmucko Network that says they do streaming online radio and we don't know what it is? Because like I'm having a very hard time in my own agency with people who say I get this many podcast downloads, but I'm also on this Internet radio station. I don't know what that means. I don't know how to track it. Mm. I don't know if it's real. I don't know. how. You know what I mean? Like. I don't know either. That's so a they really, a lo- really great question. I think that's a viable question that I think we need to look into. So it says online radio equals listening to AMFM radio stations online, which is what I said, 93.3 or whatever, mm-hmm. and or listening to streamed audio content available only on the Internet. That could be anything. Couldn't that be you and I put up an MP3 and hope people like it? It's streamed, right? Or no? Yeah. No, I mean, it is streamed. I mean, if it's a progressive download, whatever you want to call it, but it still looks like a stream. Yeah. And if it's an MP3 thing, but I think that they might have specified exactly the dis- the definition of that to the people who they were asking the question from. And I do believe that on, the, on the slide, I think it has, it has a, a definition. I do believe that's what that I just on the read slide. to you. Oh, that's what it says. That's what on I just the- read. Oh, okay. Listening to AM, FM radio stations online and or listening to streamed audio content available only on the internet. All right. So that could mean Schmucko Radio or Schmucko Network mm-hmm. and his five shows with self-help hosts. That's streaming. That's technically online radio listening. Also like places like iHeartRadio and things like that, right? No, that iHeartRadio is not that. iHeartRadio is wait, is it? I think so. Yes. iHeartRadio is, is streaming that. radio. Yeah. It is. Okay, fine. So now that makes more sense because now I know. So it's confusing because it says monthly online radio listening and then it says online listening in car and then it says audio brands. Which is separate because now you have the brands, which is Pandora, iHeart, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Google Play, Napster, SoundCloud, NPR One, Radio.com. So, yeah, I guess this is all right. So you're right. You're right. It means iHeart. So that's a big, huge section, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. that's everything you could possibly listen to on the Internet. So, of course, 83 percent, you know, of course, half the country has done that. Well, I think the key here is because of the online radio stuff like that. Like, I don't have any radio here. We are now barely with our unlimited Verizon plans that finally has allowed us to have sort of like a a more freeing experience of being online, which is great. But at the same time, there's a lot of behavior that was not addressed with this kind of stuff. So let's keep moving. So let's move from the, the radio thing to 
all the other stuff that pops. Like to me, what was the most shocking was the amount of people who are watching Netflix. Like how Netflix is basically. Oh, that didn't shock me. When I saw uh, in the Slack group that we're part on with, with like some of the podcasting people, like I think Daniel Lewis came in. He was like, what did I miss? What did I miss? I was late. And I basically said that Netflix rules the world <laughs> because, you know, that's basically what people are just with just that's what they do. And mind you, it's just Netflix because they also showed the other competitors. And there was a drastic drop around that. So that to me is the data that we are to focus on. Because instead of even like how it's not growing because of whatever, and you know, there's speculations as to why that is. But I am much more interested to see of why the things that are growing are growing. That's Mm -hmm. where I think the conversation needs to go into instead of why the thing that's not growing is not growing. Because because that's so, so much more. First of all, when you start to talk about something like Netflix, it's a one-stop shop for a lot of stuff. It's very easy to browse and it's very yeah. easy to look at. Super yep. easy. Yep. Everything that you do is super easy. And it's very simple. Again, very simple. It's available everywhere. Except for maybe, you know, obviously the Netflix specific shows, for the most part, a lot of this stuff is also available in different places. Like some of the TV shows are in regular TV, some of the older movies, you can go get a DVD, you can buy the individual movie off of different places like iTunes. So you can basically get the same material almost everywhere else. But that sounds like a lot of work when it's all in Netflix. What sounds like a lot of work when it's all on Netflix? On, on Netflix. Like when you have Netflix, you don't have to go buy DVDs or well, search it saying. out that's on what iTunes. Saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's like you can do all the other stuff, but you can also, why not just get Netflix? It's like right there. So what I'm saying is it's got all of these things going for it. A, a place where it's got the majority of these things in there. The pluses of Netflix overshadow the minuses. The pluses, the wealth of stuff that's in there, the interface is incredibly easy, the accessibility of it on almost every device. You have essentially the same experience from thing to thing to thing. And you can, you know, basically it's already, and again, this has been built, but it's already part of the nip, uh, of the vocabulary, in the cultural vocabulary. Just go get it on Netflix. I'll find it on Netflix. Like that's part of what mm-hmm. we do. Whereas with podcasting, mm-hmm. that's not the case. There is no specific deposit place that you can get it everywhere that's easy and it's the same experience. iTunes is perhaps like the, obviously the, the biggest gorilla in the room, but it is the most heinous experience to navigate in the whole entire planet. I do not yes. go into iTunes. It is the worst, most horribly designed experience for anything. For movies, for music, for podcasts, and because and then the the crazy thing is that it's not only a place to consume things; it's also a place to do stuff. Like you can re-encode things, you can add ID three tags, you can pull in your own stuff, you can you know. So it's like there's the the weird functionality. It's sort of like Netflix; you can edit too. Could you imagine how confusing that would be? You can pull yeah. in your own movies to Netflix. You <laughs> right. can change the cover. You'd be like, what? It would just make it so confusing. 
Right. So I think that iTunes has that problem. Like there is no one place where you can go get all the stuff for podcasts. That's easy to navigate, easy to search. I don't think I've seen, and I may be wrong, but I don't think I've seen people complaining about not finding something on Netflix. Meaning, I don't know, I guess I don't really know that many producers that have their stuff in Netflix. Like, I wonder if like, you know, the ABC people or the movie people are going to Netflix. Hey, I tried to search for this movie and it didn't come up. (laughs) What's the algorithm for search results in Netflix? I don't know. That has that ever been a thing? Not that I know of. Right. You just search. If you want a movie, you just you, right. you Look for search it. for it. Right? Right. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm t- th- I think that that's what it is. It's like there's a lot of friction when it comes to consuming podcasts. And what's making it worse is that people are, instead of creating like or facilitating something like that where it's easier to consume, they make it like very disparate where it's like, you know, everybody, here's this app, here's that other one. And this one you can only get here. And then that one you can only get there. And there's all this premium content. And then there's, you know, everything's like a walled garden and you have to go here to get those things. You get this to get those things. You get that to get that stuff. And it just becomes a confusing thing because you have two sets, two points of view here. You've got the producer's point of view, the business side of things, the sponsors, the producers, the networks who are Mm -hmm. killing, they just killing themselves to make a sustainable living. And that's all they're think about. And then you have the other side of things, which is just the plain old person that wants to just listen to a podcast who could care less about all this other stuff. And all they want is just to have a place to listen so that they know that they're going to get their stuff. And sometimes yeah. those two points of view don't mesh. I think that's why podcasting isn't growing. I think people just don't know how to friggin' do it as usual. Exactly. And therefore... It's, it's just like, frustrating. It's frustrating. Yep. I'm tired of hearing this excuse from people. It's enough already. <laughs> <laughs> Grow it up. So if you guys, you know, if you have, a, you know, if you uh, happen to watch or maybe something about what we're talking about has, you know, made a light bulb go off in your head, um, send us some feedback. Uh, let us know what Wait you think. Because what? What? Are we done talking about the infinite dial? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. You can definitely tell them, you know, send us some feedback to see yeah. like what, what the biggest issues is around this kind of stuff. Or, yeah. you know, and, and one thing that I, we, we talked about. Um, in the She Podcast event over at Podcast Movement a couple of years ago is that part of doing this kind of thing is that if you do care about the space, you need to be your own analyst around this as well. You have to really kind of look at this stuff and go like, I wonder why this isn't growing. Because the larger entities out there have specific biases, right? There's some of us who are mm-hmm. um, monetarily um, into this, right? We want to make money. So we have to understand where different opinions are coming from. Some of them are coming from the producers, some of them from the advertisers, some of it's from listeners. So you get an opportunity to kind of make your own choices. So what else did you think? I thought it was interesting that it did grow 5% from last year. That was yeah, that cool. Was, that was a pretty big growth. That was probably one of the biggest ones, I believe that. And it makes me happy that the total population surveyed 60% are familiar with the term podcasting. And now 40% has actually listened to one, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Again, as fast as I would like, but it's still, it's good. 
Only 24% have listened in the last month. That's sad. And I think that um, I thought that was kind of sad. And I also felt like 15 in the last week is sad. And I have an answer for why that is. And I, I don't remember if I, if they said this during the infinite dial or if I read it later, but I'll tell you exactly why they're not listening that often. And it's what I read, but I also agree with it. It's because a lot of the content stinks. It's stinky. It's stinky content. Stinky, stinky, stinky. (laughs) You know, I, I think I wrote that. I I don't think people can find good content. It's hard. Right. It makes me sad. That's even sadder. Where did I read that? Did you? No, it was Eric Newsom. Eric Newsom said that in the Nick Kwan newsletter. And I actually disagree with that. That's right. Because he's focusing in again on. on, No, I do. No, this is why I disagree with it because he is laying everything on. He is laying podcasting growth on the fact that there are certain podcasts that are sucky. And again, the thing is this. You have to really zero in on why people are listening in the first place. Again, we're just concentrating on people, why people are not listening. So why people are not listening is not the same as why people are listening. Mm -hmm. And there's also the, um, you know, I actually have been doing a little bit of research uh, around this, of course, the small, and I'm going to start to do a little bit more of this, but like asking people who don't listen to podcasts, why don't you? And, you know, one of the first people that I asked was Randy because he doesn't. He doesn't listen to podcasts. And then he said, because I like to see things. Okay. That's it. That's a good answer. Yeah, exactly. Can you change that? No. The majority of us. Watch a lot of YouTube videos? Yes, of course. Yeah. Because the majority of the things that he consumes. Exactly. So that, I think that that's a much more interesting, you know, discussion. Instead, but again, if I spent. All uh, like, let's say we were like, you know, got gazillion funds uh, up the wazoo to fund something to convert. So this is how I would do it. I would not spend the money on converting somebody like Randy to become a podcast listener because he Mm -hmm. likes to watch stuff. I'm selling something for somebody that doesn't, doesn't work. What I would concentrate on is finding what the thing is that connects all current podcast listeners do a lot more research around that and then how to find more of them because mm-hmm. that would be an easier sell than trying to convert somebody who is a visual learner who who likes being where he is at this moment to have him actively move his everyday way of consumption to something completely different would be a much harder shift than if it's somebody who either has no consumption habits, meaning that they're not sold on much of anything. They're just sort of like, blah. And, or concentrating on people who are auditory people, who love to listen to stuff, who love, you know, listening to um, NPR type things, who love to listen to audiobooks, who love to listen as their primary source of learning. Why mm-hmm. would you not like that's how I would do it. And then I would grow it from there. I would learn to develop the infrastructure based around that rather than focus on why isn't everybody listening to podcasts? Because I don't watch videos and you can't sell me to keep watching them because I just don't want to. I have no time for it. Whereas he has right. no time for the other thing. So it's, it's just like, I don't want you to sell me on that. Like, I just, I want to get it, give it to me on audio. Exactly. And, and with you too, you know, like you've said to, you know, in terms of your consumption, the first place that you go to is text. 
Because yeah. sometimes you have no time. You have to skim it. So why would I spend my time trying to sell you on, no, 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 you have to listen. You have to, Jessica. You have to listen. Have you have to. to change your entire way of learning because you now need to listen. <laughs> no, no. You know, how annoying is that? Yeah, I know. So and I don't what... agree with that. But I still don't think that's the only reason is because people like videos. Because who the hell has time for videos all the time? Well, there's he a lot of people. Actually, there's a lot of people. And also, when you go Google, when you go Google for something, what do you get? There's a whole video tab. That's there's true. a whole image tab. You got me there. There's no audio tab. So, and then also, if you get an audio response, like on Google, in Google, if you get an audio solution, like you know, I don't know whatever you're looking for. I don't even know what I would like go like a random search that comes up there that you wanted to go search for. If you had an audio response. Would you listen to it or would you rather watch a video or look at a or read an article or, you know, because that's usually the way people start to consume things is mm-hmm. by the Google juice. It's true. I just, I don't know. I like thinking it's stinky content. Somehow that made me feel better, but I don't know why. I guess that's not exactly true. But what would that like? Because entail, it makes you know? me like- feel, s- the truth is I don't think that we as podcasters do a good job of teaching people how to do it. Exactly. Totally. Because I would say 1% of podcasters have a video on their website teaching people how to use podcasting. Oh, yeah. I think that's even less than that. I liked, um, it's very, yeah, and it's really tough. And, you know, the tripod initiative that we're still going through right now, guys, so you still have an opportunity to do this. It is hard to teach somebody to do that, you know, and I don't know how it seems like it, um, that there might, it might be working to some, in some degrees, at least to get the understanding of what it is, but it's still a challenge for a lot of people. Like even like, how can you succinctly tell somebody to subscribe to a podcast in like 140 characters? If they don't know mm-hmm. what it is, you know, I mean, if they already know, you can share it and you can say like, hey, try this one out. Sort of like you're, if you already have a TV show and put channel, you know, seven and then, the, you know, the show's coming up. But if if the, nobody's ever done it before, their first experience would be to listen from a website, which is totally lame. And then they would go like, now what should I, you know, like I would rather send people to like iTunes and I hate the podcast app. Like, I hate it. It's yeah. horrible. Again. So then if that's not the case, I'd have to send them to my favorite app, which costs money. Not a lot. It's two ninety nine, right. But that's like you have to convince the person to do that. So anyway, all in all, there's a lot involved in here. And so we cannot expect for things to, to grow in the same way that Netflix grew. I agree. I mean, I agree with that, of course. What do you think about the statistic that says, okay – Podcast listening locations. Have you ever listened to a podcast? And the top one, 80% of people said at home. I think that's bullshit. I think so too. And then the next one down is in a car. Next one down is at work. Then walking at a gym and then riding transportation. That has got to be it's inverted. horse pucky. Yeah. And it I has think to be. It has I think it's inverted. Yeah. At least in my head, yeah. that's very inverted. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, wow. <laughs> Did you hear that? Say it again. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Oh, Thank yeah. you, Isaac. Thank you, Isaac. Mm, so, 
Oh my God. But yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's absolutely inverted. I think that I do listen at home, but it's not the only place I listen. In fact, it's usually the other places that make it a lot more accessible for me, you know, like almost every other place. I obviously think it's inverted. And then it's so frustrating because I'm like, so what does that mean? That So because this doesn't make sense or this. So, so here's my conundrum. So if I know, like if you have an insight or an intuition that this is not true data, but it's just intuition, you can't prove it. They can prove it because they've done the research. Should you then just believe it? Or should you go with your gut? You kind of have to believe it, don't you? Eh. No? I, I love it. I don't know. And that's why I don't know. I guess that then what would happen is then I would start to question. I would, And then I would have to go down a rabbit hole of questioning why you would want that data to back what you believe, right? Because there are certain partnerships and certain business relationships that are being forged from the people who are behind the survey that may need to prove this. They need this data to prove their initiative. Gotcha. Makes sense. That makes sense. So I don't know. Did you know that I got myself in trouble while doing this, which actually can take us to our, a little bit of our next news? Uh, while well, I, I was tweeting, trouble? I got in trouble when I was doing this. Um, I was tweeting live, you know, with the hashtag infinite dial. And then they were mentioning how Pandora was the big winner of between like Pandora, Spotify and, you know, iTunes music and all that stuff for consumption inside of the infinite dial. And then I mentioned you know, what would happen if Pandora also had their own in-house podcast and are the in-house podcasts <laughs> that are now being created by, because now, because we reported in the last episode, Spotify did their own in-house podcasts. Remember, we talked about those. So now yeah. Google Play Music has just released their first original podcast series. And so now they're in the bandwagon of creating their own stuff, right? It's called City Soundtracks. And it's supposed to be part of Google Play Music. So basically, they're creating a podcast, too. And then I said, well, what if like Pandora got on the bandwagon and how, you know, I wonder how it's it's going to affect these two companies having created their own stuff, you know, their own podcast. And then Spotify comes back and goes, um, yeah, we did. We did do that last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they stared a link. And then I was like, oh, and I have a feeling we covered it on the show. Because <laughs> when I read oh it, I was like, God. oh, I think that, I think I remember that. Oops. Sorry. So, so now <laughs> those three, so now those three companies have created their own in-house. So they all have their own in-house uh, podcasts that they are creating. So I ate my own words. Ouchie. Ouchie. How'd they that taste? Good. Just curious. Just not, not good i was like oh don't not as not as tasty as you'd have hoped no <laughs> no but they were very That's kind adorable. but it was so something like yeah we did that last year girl do your research oh my god stop just blah. anyway uh, and they responded which was the crazy part so they told so that was yeah straight at me yeah baby <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. No, it's not. But so what about this live podcasting at South by Southwest? Oh, there's like a whole booth happening. Yeah. 
at South by Southwest and like live podcasting. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Did you? No, this is the first time they've done it. That's been, I think there's like, I don't know. I think I read something like said like 47 podcasts or something like that for like three. I think it was three days or four days all day. Podcast stage. One thing after the next, after the next, after the next. That That was new. Absolutely new. So cool. Well, so does that mean we have to start showing up there and doing it also? What do you I think? Don't know. I, well, is this the something thing we is, have to like, pay attention to? Possibly, but I also don't know how you got on the list. Like, is that like, did you apply? Like, was there an application process? That's what I'm saying. Is there an application process to get on the list to do live podcasting? Did somebody come up to you and you have an, is it invite only? Is it genres? I don't know. So, because when I looked at the list, it seemed know. like a very diverse type amount of podcasts there's a lot of them i like not one of them did i know or maybe like two maybe two two of them none of them were familiar to me so i don't know not that doesn't mind you i don't know every podcast but it just i was just like oh i don't know how they got on this list and it seemed like again it was all kinds of subjects all kinds of types all kinds of interesting the one thing that i have to say that was very appealing to me is that every single person's artwork that i saw all of them were graphically based and none of them had the person's face, you know, cause you know how that comes up on the group all the time. Should I put my face on my podcast artwork or not? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which was really interesting is that not one of these that I saw, it was all graphics. I prefer that actually. I prefer graphics. I prefer to see a graphical podcast artwork. I'm not a really big fan of seeing people's face on there. So I don't know. I'm just making Mm. an, I'm just observing. That is all. I'm observing. So tell me about this Procter and Gamble tells social to clean up or no more cash. What does that mean? Oh my God. So, okay. This is a big deal actually. Um, And I, I think I accidentally gave you the Google search and not the actual, oh no, here's the article. Okay. So basically for those of you who are aware, Procter and Gamble is a huge, they're just a huge company and corporation Basically, they're also the biggest advertising spender in the world. And a couple weeks ago, they said to Google and Facebook and anyone else who would listen, you either reassure us that we're getting actual traffic and not spam or we will not buy any more advertising. Boom. (gasps) And so he's kind of left a lot of digital service providers scrambling. Oh, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. And and doesn't it take a giant set, by the way, to tell Google and Facebook gay cocking on your head, which is Yiddish for mm. go shit go shit on your head. Anyway, so um digital giants Google and Facebook recently said they're prepared to let the Media Rating Council, which is the MRC, I guess, audit some of their data and ad metrics following criticisms that such platforms have been grading their own homework. Especially after a series of measurement mistakes at Facebook. But this guy, chief brand officer and marketing lead for P&G, says it's not enough. He says it's worth mentioning we're encouraged by the recent progress announced by Facebook and Google and what we've heard from several others. But let's be clear that these announcements indicate intention and work in progress until it's verified and complete. That's it. And so he says, we've been more than patient because we've made these requests nearly a year ago. So we need urgent completion because then we can get back to the more important work of understanding the value we're getting. Oh. 
Mr. Pritchard drew significant attention in the industry after he complained in January at the IAB's annual leadership meeting about the complexities in the digital ad business, confusing agency contracts and the need for more widespread adoption of an MRC ad viewability standard. So in other words, I mean, and this does, it doesn't sound like it applies to us, but it does because what he's saying is, Unless you can prove to me that my ad's been viewed, I don't want to pay for it. And similarly, that will trickle down. Unless we can prove these are actual downloads and not play, stop, play, stop, play, stop, talk, play later, you know, like what if somebody listens to the same episode five times? Really, advertisers shouldn't necessarily pay for that if they're doing, you know, pay per click, which a lot of them pay. I mean, just for my own knowledge, they pay per guaranteed download. I have to guarantee X amount of downloads in 30 days. And so if I can guarantee 2,000 and 1,000 of that is BS, then we're robbing them blind. Hmm. So this is sort of the same thing. So now he says the days of being give, of div, giving digital a pass are over. He said, urging the rest of the ad industry to follow P&G's lead. It's time to grow up. It's time for action. The heavily influential marketers program includes a thorough review of all media agency contracts after the company found a surprise in its dealing with at least one agency. Ooh, that's not good. So in other words, the agency was screwing them over. Plus requirements that everyone using industry standard viewability metrics, fraud protection, and third-party verification. And that's something that's not Google and Facebook's fault, but that I guess agencies are able to fudge numbers based on Facebook statistics because they're looking at one number, not another, or they're counting this instead of that. And so they're saying they don't want to waste time on a, and money on a crappy media supply chain. And he urged others in the industry to follow suit. Ooh, yikes. Yeah, this is big. So, dude. I mean, hmm. there's nothing as podcasters that we can necessarily do, but I just kind of wanted to mention it because we're sort of being... What do they say when you're having something held to the fire? Having your something held to the fire? Is it balls or is it something else? Head? I don't remember. Something's being held to the fire. Feet. Feet. Thank you. Our feet are being held to the fire. (laughs) That was awkward. (laughs) So anyway, I wanted to make everyone aware because I think it's something that it's worth following to see like what's going to be considered a view and an impression and then consequently a download because this is something the IAB is working on for podcasts right now. And we actually talked about this when they did like a whole last year, they did like a whole standards of advertising and standards of whatever, like the IAB got together with Todd Cochran, Rob Walsh, and they all sort of discussed like what's a standard unit of measurement and this, it, you know, it sort of piggybacks on that and vice versa. So anyway, I just wanted to sort of let us all know. Fascinating stuff. Thank you. Thank you. And um, we... If no you, problem, sweetheart. You're going to have to follow up a little bit on this. If you do anything else come up on this, do bring it Absolutely. to the table because that will be really great. But, Certainly. So, but moving right along here, let's move into some tool tips today that are sponsored by Happiness Mama. Yay. Um, did you want to talk about them or do you want me yeah, to Yeah, you know what? Let me talk about Happiness Mama really quickly because her latest episode is about bullet journaling, which she just Ooh! put out. Woo-hoo! And Hello. so 
um, Jess and I are both into it. And she just and she mentioned me. Yay. Fabulous. And she basically awesome. um, in the latest episode of Happiness Mama, uh, she mentions uh, bullet journaling. She goes into it for about, you know, it's a very short one. I think it's about 20 minutes and just breaks down the system in a really easy to sort of listen way. And it can give you and she gives you specifics as to how it would help you. Happiness Mama really is um, about exactly what it says, which is really about being mindful mamas and consciously creating our happiest lives. So if you guys want to check it out, you will have, there's links to all of our sponsors in the show notes, but this latest episode was really great. Yay. Yay. Elsie's Tool Tips. Um, So you have a tip here. What is this? Laughable. Oh, it's just a new something I found. It's an app called Laughable. And basically, it's a whole app for comedy podcasts. Discover podcasts through comedians that you love. And I just thought it was cool. So if you want to check it out, it's um, laughable.com and then you can download it. But basically, it's like a marketplace for comedy. Their mission is to help users discover content and comedians that will reliably make them laugh Mm. and to empower comedians to grow their fan bases and make money. So very cool. Yeah, so I thought it was pretty cool. So try, check out laughable.com. And then that's it, right? For the tools. That's it for the tools, man. Speaking of tools, let's tell everyone about John Buchanis, (laughs) our editor. (laughs) I don't know know if that came out. Uh, (laughs) uh, Anyway, if you need an editor, he is the bestest. Yes. He always makes us sound fantastic. He is our chief in charge of diva. Enhancement. uh, Enhancement. And um, if you want an amazing editor, check out AudioEditingSolutions.com. And then I also want to mention, oh, and then we'll get into the the Weird and Wild Show of the Week. Show of the Week brought to us by Cast.plus, which is an open marketplace connecting advertisers with podcasts that are relevant to their brand. And if you use the promo code PODFUSION when you join, you'll pay no commission on your first ad campaign. So if you're dying to make some cash for your podcast... And you just want to like test the waters a little bit, check out cast.plus. Sweet. Okay, now the weird, wild, weird and wild. 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 Show of the week. All right. So this podcast is called The Investigation Continues. Um, and it, I kind of dig it. I haven't watched it. It actually hasn't launched. It launches on March 20th. It's a five-part debut series, and the podcast focuses on the 1975 disappearance of 12-year-old Sheila Lyon and her 10-year-old sister, Catherine, a case that has on to the D.C. region for more than four decades. So that's kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. It's like already super... That is cool. It's a super-focused podcast that it will begin with this case, but I'm sure that they will find other things to continue investigating. Now, so that's just the Weird and Wild Show of the Week. It's actually on Podcast One as well. But here's uh, something that's interesting to me that I kind of wanted to know about, like focus a little bit about the launch, that they really started to bring this, first the discussion of these Lion Sisters ahead of the curve, right? Because it's it, it was reaching out to the local news about they the way that they have basically launched this thing. They have like a one minute, um, what do you call it, commercial for it as well, which is really interesting, the way that they've positioned that. And the way that it's like just... 
um, bringing more awareness to these type of investigations. But this is the thing that I really love. Discuss the podcast. So here's the cool part. Each Tuesday at 12 p.m., beginning on March 21st, so the, this podcast launches on March 20th, Neil, which I guess is one of the producers there because I had Neil, um, the reporter, for the investigation continues, will conduct a Facebook Live to discuss the week's episode. So I think that's brilliant. I think that's awesome because then the podcast will come out. You'll totally be into the mysterious thing that's happening in the investigation. And then the next day, you get to talk to the person via Facebook Live and uh, discuss. I like that. I love it. It's such a good idea. So especially for something like this, like I don't think that it's something that everybody can do, right? Right. <laughs> but I think that there are... Everybody. But there are some people that can really benefit from something like that. So consider already from the get-go, they're putting this in the, lo the local papers covering it. So they're getting a lot of PR for it. And they're really putting that after the show sort of experience in your face so that it's driving people to engage with the show, which in turn will bring more listeners, I think. And this is a fantastic topic to do that with because who doesn't want to talk about mysteries, right? We've already talked about that. Before, right, so. right. Um, so I think it's really good. Yay. Um, so uh, I think that's it. That's, that's all I have to say about the Weird and Wild Show of the Week. And now we're moving over to Jess's pet peeve, which has sort of morphed into my pet peeve today. It's that now, is, it's, this time it's your pet peeve. Yeah, which is really just um, brought to you by podcast websites. Yay. Which is basically all, everything you could possibly want to put your podcast together in one beautiful package. So website hosting, email address, complete daily backups, security and all that crap is all built in there for you. So you don't really have to do anything but just do podcast websites. You can find them over at podcastwebsites.com. Jessica's pet peeve. All right. So here's my pet peeve. So... You know, whenever you are promoting your stuff out there, your shows and your episodes and things like that, I really truly believe that all you have to do is just tweet or put your Facebook page out there without having to tag every single app that you use mm -hmm. and every single uh, provider that helps you or every single platform that you're in, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that at all. You don't have to put out an, uh, a, an update and go like, my latest episode available on Stitcher, iTunes Podcasts, Google Play, um, Spotify, and Libsyn, because that is really confusing for people. People don't care, mostly. If you do want to tell them where to find your podcast on Stitcher, then you create a specific tweet or update for that so that they know what your Stitcher URL is and how to get it. That would be awesome. Now, the bonus part of this is that also, please don't add pornographic images to your, oh my God. To your tweets. Please don't do that. And tag all these people. Don't do it. Don't do that. Let me tell you, with this, I have to say, when people tag Lipson at Lipson, I go, I look, I, 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 because that's how you communicate. That is how you say, hey, 
look at this, right? That's one way. Or, hey, can you answer this question? That's another way to communicate. But this seemed to be like an extra bonus, like added, like at reply for no reason that was just added there, sort of like you can find it. And then it was like all of these different providers. And then what called your attention, it was like in that one tweet, I believe there were like a bazillion, well, I say a bazillion, maybe like two or three, pornographic images, like hardcore, like not like, a girl in a bikini. Like, no. Right. Like, yeah, like not that. <laughs> and it's shocking because you know what happens, guys? And and I know I'm probably preaching to the choir because I doubt you guys that are listening do this. My girls are often right next to me when I'm doing all this stuff. They are incredibly interested in my work now. In, in, or when yes, I'm on the of computer. Course they are. So I'm looking at, at Twitter. They're looking at Facebook. And if I'm scrolling... These things pop up. This crap popped up and I'm so glad the girls were not there. And I immediately like blocked this person from my feed, you know, and it's just like, please don't do that. Don't add pornography unless that's your deal. And, but don't tag other people. Don't tag other people. <gasps> right. Anyway, I know that that Agree. was sort of, it's just very annoying. I don't. I don't know why people do that. I don't even want to be tagged in stuff that isn't pornographic. Like, don't <laughs> tag me at all. I know. I Please like, don't tag me yes. ever. Yeah. Unless it's a picture of me and then it better be flattering. And, the, the, and, and here's another thing too. Whenever somebody posts something and they tag you in a comment, but they don't explain anything. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, here's a post. Because I see the post now. Is that what you wanted me to do? Because I'm not quite sure what the reason was. Like, do you want me to comment? I could, I would do better if you want to tag me. You could say, hey, Elsie, I think you would really contribute to the conversation. Do you have an opinion about this? Or, hey, Elsie, I think this would interest you. Would you consider coming? Or, hey, Elsie, mm -hmm. like, but to me, not tag 20 people. And then just leave it at that. Right. What does that mean? What do you want me to do with this person? Are you doing this so that it just will pop up on my feed? Because that's then wrong. Don't do that. Right. Anyway, I, that just happened Sucks. to me again. And it was very, it's very irritating, which is why I don't know. It just happened to you again? Yes. Like I, as we were talking? No, no, or? no. Like it, meaning in my face, on my Facebook feed that people like tag me or Libsyn, or she podcasts for that matter, for no other reason that I know. Like, there's no call yeah. to action. It's just like, hey, look at what I'm doing, and then tag 20 people. Uh, why? Why are yeah. you doing that? What do you expect me to do? Because if, it's a, if you expect that to go on my wall, it's not going to go on my wall because there's no, like there's somebody else who tagged me yesterday that was very kind. He said, hey, I've been with Libsyn tag for X amount of years. I really, I'm with this company because of people like, and then he tagged me. That was very mm. kind. That's very focused. That's a sweet. shout out. That's a sweet public shout out for my work and a recognition. That's cool. I'm all good with that. Don't do it when you put a picture up and then your latest offering and then tag 20 people underneath it for no reason. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. That's just annoying. So that's my pet peeve today. Oh, oh I got all heated. Porn, man. <laughs> Porn, man. Don't even get me started. I can't even, I don't even understand 
the porn purpose. On Twitter, especially when you're like, I could understand if you're in that, you know what I mean? Like if you're consuming that specific content, you would assume that it would come up in a, in that world, right? Because that's where you are. But it's in the middle of the Twitter stream. It's Plus, porn is just sad. Ugh. It's very annoying. It's just sad. So, uh, please don't. Porn is sad, people. Porn is sad, people. And please don't send me <laughs> notes about how much you love porn, because I don't care. <laughs> I'm never going to not think it's... You know why it's sad? Because I don't watch anything without thinking about the behind the scenes, and the behind the scenes of porn is just sad. It's very sad, yeah. And it's like, it's very tough to, like, I don't, yeah, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole, because it's going to make me very sad. Like, it really will make me very sad and upset. Sad. And like, I'm like, how did, yeah, so anyway. Yeah. Um all right, anyway. All right. So on that note, I think we're finished for today. You can send any So can that of- be the title of this week's show, Porn is Sad? Porn is Sad. Yes, we can. Let's name it then. That's great. <laughs> That'll be less less work for me uh, today. Yeah, it'll be Porn our most sad. downloaded episode ever if we yes, do that. Yes, absolutely, because you'll have to listen all the way to the end. So if you have any feedback, you can email um, feedback at ShePodcast.com, mm-hmm. or you can use yep. SpeakPipe, SpeakPipe.com slash ShePodcast to leave us a voice uh, feedback if you want, or you could just send it to us that way. Or you can, of course, as always, you can actually go to our Facebook page. Did you know that? Facebook.com slash ShePodcast, and you can comment on the episode post. And if you want to say something specific to either Jess or I, you can tag us. That would be great. If you want to tag us to say how great the episode was, that would be awesome too. We'd love that. Don't just tag she podcast because you just want attention. All right, that is it. I think that we're done with the show today. Hurrah! 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 Yes. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Absolutely. Love you. Mean it. Wicked well.